Section 4 of Volume 1E of History of England from the Invasion of Julius Caesar to the Revolution of 1688. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Theodulf. History of England from the Invasion of Julius Caesar to the Revolution of 1688 by David Hume. Volume 1E, Section 4, Chapter 50, Part 4. At the time when Charles married by proxy the Princess Henrietta, the Duke of Buckingham had been sent to France in order to grace the nuptials and conduct the new queen into England. The eyes of the French court were directed by curiosity towards that man who had enjoyed the unlimited favor of two successive monarchs, and who, from a private station, had mounted in the earliest youth to the absolute government of three kingdoms. The beauty of his person, the gracefulness of his air, the splendor of his equipage, his fine taste in dress, festivals, and carousals, corresponded to the prepossessions entertained in his favor, the affability of his behavior, the gaiety of his manners, the magnificence of his expense, increased still further the general admiration which was paid him. All business being already concerted, the time was entirely spent in mirth and entertainments, and during those splendid scenes among that gay people, the Duke found himself in a situation where he was perfectly qualified to excel. But his great success at Paris proved as fatal as his former failure at Madrid. Encouraged by the smiles of the court, he dared to carry his ambitious addresses to the Queen herself, and he failed not to make impression on a heart not undisposed to the tender passions. That attachment at least of the mind, which appears so delicious and is so dangerous, seems to have been encouraged by the princess, and the duke presumed so far on her good graces that after his departure he secretly returned upon some pretense, and paying a visit to the queen was dismissed with a reproof which savored more of kindness than of anger information of this correspondence was soon carried to richelieu the vigilance of that minister was here further roused by jealousy he too either from vanity or politics had ventured to pay his addresses to the queen but a priest past middle age of a severe character and occupied in the most extensive plans of ambition or vengeance was but an unequal match in that contest for a young courtier entirely disposed to gaiety and gallantry the cardinal's disappointment strongly inclined him to counterwork the amorous projects of his rival when the duke was making preparations for a new embassy to paris a message was sent him from louis that he must not think of such a journey in a romantic passion he swore that he would see the queen in spite of all the power of france and from that moment he determined to engage England in a war with that kingdom. He first took advantage of some quarrels excited by the Queen of England's attendance, and he persuaded Charles to dismiss at once all her French servants, contrary to the articles of the marriage treaty. He encouraged the English ships of war and privateers to seize vessels belonging to French merchants, and these he forthwith condemned as prizes by a sentence of the Court of Admiralty. But finding that all these injuries produced only remonstrances and embassies, or at most reprisals, on the part of France, 
he resolved to second the intrigues of the duke of soubise and to undertake at once a military expedition against that kingdom soubise who with his brother the duke of rohan was the leader of the huguenot faction was at that time in london and strongly solicited charles to embrace the protection of these distressed religionists he represented that after the inhabitants of rochelle had been repressed by the combined squadrons of england and holland after peace was concluded with the french king under charles's mediation the ambitious cardinal was still meditating the destruction of the huguenots that preparations were silently making in every province of france for the suppression of their religion that forts were erected in order to bridle rochelle the most considerable bulwark of the protestants that the reformed in france cast their eyes on charles as the head of their faith and considered him as a prince engaged by interest as well as inclination to support them that so long as their party subsisted charles might rely on their attachment as much as on that of his own subjects but if their liberties were once ravished from them the power of france freed from this impediment would soon become formidable to england and to all the neighboring nations though charles probably bore but small favor to the huguenots who so much resembled the puritans in discipline and worship in religion and politics he yet allowed himself to be gained by these arguments enforced by the solicitations of buckingham a fleet of a hundred sail and an army of seven thousand men were fitted out for the invasion of france and both of them entrusted to the command of the duke who was altogether unacquainted both with land and sea service the fleet appeared before rochelle but so ill-concerted were buckingham's measures that the inhabitants of that city shut their gates and refused to admit allies of whose coming they were not previously informed all his military operations showed equal incapacity and inexperience instead of attacking oleron a fertile island and defenceless he bent his course to the isle of Ré, which was well garrisoned and fortified having landed his men though with some loss he followed not the blow but allowed Toiras, the french governor five days respite during which st martin was victualled and provided for a siege he left behind him the small fort of pri which could at first have made no manner of resistance though resolved to starve st martin he guarded the sea negligently and allowed provisions and ammunition to be thrown into it despairing to reduce it by famine he attacked it without having made any breach and rashly threw away the lives of the soldiers having found that a french army had stolen over in small divisions and had landed at pri the fort which he had at first overlooked he began to think of a retreat but made it so unskilfully that it was equivalent to a total rout he was the last of the army that embarked and he returned to england having lost two-thirds of his land forces totally discredited both as an admiral and a general and bringing no praise with him but the vulgar one of courage and personal bravery the duke of rohan who had taken arms as soon as buckingham appeared upon the coast discovered the dangerous spirit of the sect without being able to do any mischief the inhabitants of rochelle who had at last been induced to join the english hastened the vengeance of their master exhausted their provisions in supplying their allies and were threatened with an immediate siege such were the fruits of buckingham's expedition against france
End of section four, chapter fifty, part four. Recording by Theodolf, Chicago.